is going on guys? Welcome back to the podcast and today we're doing a little bit of a different one here. Um, so I've done many different essential, I guess you want to say segments on the podcast. Um, some people like to do their podcast and do multiple segments each day, like do news, do stories, whatever. But majority of my podcasts, I try to keep it on one subject area. That way I can keep it fairly short. Um, that way, I'm not taking too much of your time because I do understand that you are allotted a certain amount of time. And sometimes speaking for an hour, two hours, yeah, that's cool to get distracted for that. But, you know, it's kind of not. I don't feel like it's my place to ask that you take that much time of your life to hear me. But that's my own opinion. So, I'm going to go ahead and just get one thing out of the way. Um, today, I, I actually was recording a podcast, a pretty cool podcast together, and I was sitting there, and I was just trying to figure out kind of like, all right, we're talking about this, we're talking about this, and I heard the mail lady come down the road. Yeah, I have a mail lady. She drives a Jeep, and heard her come down the road, and I'm like, that's interesting, so I stopped it, and I was like, I'm going to go check the packages or whatever. Today, I got my samples of what my merch looks like, and I know, I roll, whatever. The reason that I really like the concept of merchandise and merch itself is it's a way that I can wear stuff where I could wear it to a concert or something, and they would be like, oh, cool, what's what's that that you're wearing? I'm like, oh, this is a, a podcast that I do, and I can get people interested and just get more people to know about me. That's what I think merch does such a good job. And that's why I always talk about spending merch on at concerts and in venues. It's a way to support, A, the product, and B, to get their name out there. And I'm basically using it as like a walking billboard for me. And I actually had my first uh, actual sale that was not me the other day, which was amazing. That's really cool. Um, and I hope that he does enjoy it whenever he gets the merch, because it does take a little bit, because it's uh, they print it on demand, so... The quality is really nice. Um, I got a dark blue sweatshirt, a royal blue. I got a charcoal gray t-shirt. And I got a hat. And the hats are, you can get them center logo or side logo. I got the one with the side logo. Because it's one hat that I don't really have much of is the ones that have the logo on the side. The hats are Richardson's and they fit really nice. Um, the sweatshirt is a Gildan, but it's like really soft on the inside. Like, extremely soft. And then the t-shirts are canvas t-shirts, which are like the ones that every band that I know has them, and they're so soft to wear. They're like really soft t-shirts, but they're not like shrink, they don't shrink as much. So, I got them in today, and I gotta say, I am very extremely happy how they look. They look amazing. I'm really happy about them. One thing that I will say is the logo on the front. It looks kind of faded, and the reason it looks faded is because that's how my logo looks. It's retro-y. It looks like it's kind of like on the outskirts of a western town, like when you go into a door at a western saloon, it's like a western saloon sign. It's got that grainy western look to it. So on the front, it does look grainy, and then also on the back with the retro style of uh, design that I have, it looks really good. It looks like it belongs the way it does. 100%. And I'm really happy how it turned out. And I gotta say, the quality of the printing is very, very well done. 
And on top of that, it feels so good. I swear that sweatshirt might be the second warmest sweatshirt I've ever had in my life. That thing feels like I'm being walking around in a blanket, which in summertime may not actually be the best place. You know, it may not be the uh, might be the best time for it. But I just want to let you guys know that it is in my link tree on the Instagram if you are willing and wanting to buy anything, or I might put it start putting it in the uh, description of the podcast. I just, I don't know, it's not one of those things where I'm sitting there like, please, please gotta buy it because I'm desperate. No, if you want to buy it, awesome. If you don't want to buy it, even better. I mean, it's whatever. I'm not, I'm not the type of person to be like whiny, beg. The reason that I offer this is because I just think it's a good marketing idea. Like, I can do work on social media, get my name out there, and able to essentially wear my brand out there puts a lot of happiness in my life. Like, just being able to show that I'm doing this and being external with it because this podcast is something I'm truly proud of. There's not a lot of things that I've put out in my life that I sit there and I'm like, you know what, I'm really proud of how this turned out. And this podcast so far has been just that. Every single episode, I won't say they're all awesome episodes. I feel like they're good episodes, but there's some that are better than others. But I'm really starting to feel like I'm starting to get a grasp of it. I'm starting to understand the avenue and explaining stuff a little bit better. Speaking about avenue, we got a good tie in there. So this series is going to revolve around albums. And I was thinking about you know, creating a website and just writing album reviews with albums that come out that people recommend and stuff, which I think is a really cool idea, and I may still do that, but I wanted to start a series about albums that I really like, um, albums that stand out to me in current music. And the reason I like these albums and the band or the artists behind the albums and stuff like that. And... I so many albums that I can think of, so many names. Um, but there was one that really come across my mind when I'm sitting here thinking about albums that I really like, that I feel like are really well done, that are really encompassing. And honestly, when I look at an album, it's like the most complete thing. Because when I view an album, depending on the album, right, there's two to three ways that I view albums. Number one, they tell a story. So... Having that elements of up and down in that story. It's not just completely baseline. So, talking about like Brian Martin, like from the discography deep dive I just did. His story is so up and down, and it translates into a lot of his albums where he's talking about being on the road, hitting that high with the one that he loves, and then them going through problems, and then memory to drown. You know, there's a lot of up and down in their life. A lot of ups and downs. However, those ups and downs make them who they are, and who they are is their music. So therefore, there's that translation. Number two, I view them as like a universal unit. Like, the way that it goes all together, and there might be not necessarily the point of like there being every single song like blends into each other. It's not like telling a whole story into every single song, but they have a universal theme or something that they like to talk about. Or three, just a lot of good songs that blend in really good together with layering. So there's three parts to an album. So I'm going to introduce the band first and uh, 
talk about them for a minute. I'm not going to sit here and go through a deep dive and go through their whole career and stuff. I just want to give you like the most baseline information that I can. So, so the most baseline information that I can about these people and give them just essentially a little bit of information on why I view the album the way it does, and I'll go through the album and kind of talk about it really quick. So here we go. The band's name is called Muscadine Bloodline. So Muscadine being, you know, like Muscadine grapes. Um, I've worked in produce a lot in my life, so I know what Muscadines are. But if you don't know what Muscadines are, they're a type of grape, and they grow on a vine. My grandpa used to have Muscadine vines in the back of the house, and he would pick them all the time. And Bloodline, essentially, like, they're very, I would say this band's really, really deep-rooted in their southern roots in Alabama, so they never shy away from being the fact that they're from Alabama. I mean, and rightfully so. Roll Tide, as Christian would say. Christian is a huge uh, Alabama fan, and any time that we would be at school, he would always just in statements with Roll Tide. And eventually it just kind of got to this thing where everybody was saying Roll Tide, even if we didn't like Alabama. But, yeah, good old Christian. Muscadine Bloodline, the first time I ever heard Muscadine Bloodline was at college. They came and did a concert series for my orientation at Western. They were the opener for Ashley McBribe. Most people understand or know who Ashley McBribe is now. Ashley McBride was not a big name back then, and neither was Muscadine Bloodline. However, both of them have transitioned into their own individual avenues, right? Ashley McBride being, of course, one of the bigger artists on Music Road today. And Muscadine Bloodline have found themselves in a weird place, right? They are independent artists, so like Cody Jinks, like Ward Davis, they put out their own albums, their own individual way that have no one to answer to, they do what they want to. And that's a really cool thing, in my opinion. And it lets them be a little bit more creative, right? So one album that they just came out with, and it's not the one I'm... I'm I'll tell you the album here in a minute. Um, one album they just came out with, which was an EP, was Teenage Angst, I believe is how you pronounce it. And it was like their gothic, like, punk rock roots, like, growing up during the teenage years, how they like punk rock. So they released that, and it's more of a... Like, punk country, if that makes sense. And if you're really into that, check it out. And then before that, they did a Teenage Dixie, which was like, they're growing up in Alabama. And how they pursued their life in Alabama. And how it really paints the picture of how they got to be where they are today. But the album that I'm talking about is probably their most universal, the... Uh, acclaimed album from both sides and by both sides they have a lot of fans on each side of the fence they have people that support these independent traditional country artists and then on the other side they have a lot of the people that like music coming off music row coming towards them they're a real good middle of the road band i guess you really view it like you got politics you got the left and the right well, they're like the moderates of the country music spectrum. And the album that I chose caters more to the traditionalist size. And I actually just bought a t-shirt off their website because they had a 4th of July sale. Which had like a certain code or whatever, but it turned out the shirt that I wanted. 
and the code saved the same amount of money. So I didn't put the code in. I just kind of went with the discounted shirt. But the shirt is the album that I'm talking about. And it's called Dispatch to 16th Avenue. Okay, so this album is essentially a slap in the face to Nashville and the production of Nashville. And there's a lot of uh, opinions about how this first track sounds, right? A lot of people view, like, essentially making fun of Nashville and what's coming off Music Row to be kind of cliche now because a lot of people have done it, like Alan Jackson, George Strait, Brad Paisley. And then before that, they had other people in the 80s, 90s, and the 70s that did the exact same thing, right? And I will say to you guys that this murder on Music Row is a real thing, but just singing about it's not really something that uh, does anything. Like, you sing How Bad Music Row is, and then you don't really back it up with your album, then it's kind of just redundant, right? It doesn't have much purpose to it, but the reason that this one does is because it does have that purpose. It has that strength, and we're going to talk about that. So, a little inkling on the avenue, the 16th Avenue. 16th Avenue actually splits into Music Row, so essentially like all the studios and pretty much the whole thing about Music Row is an actual place. It's not metaphorical Music Row, it's the actual Music Row. It's the row where music is made in country music. 16th Avenue is that. This, this freaking album, man, I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's so good to me. So, we're going to hit it. We're going to hit some of the points, and uh, I'll talk about why I like it. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter of a series compared to what we usually do. So, I'll go through the tracks, and I'm not going to sit here and evaluate each track too long, but I can take I can take a little bit more time in these because I don't have to go through a whole discography. I just have to go through an album that has 1 to 16 songs. I mean, you know, it's not that too terribly long, so... I just want to talk to you guys about this album. So I'm going to pull it up on Spotify. And we're going to talk about it here. We're going to give it a good whim. So 16th Avenue. You have 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 songs for 31 minutes and 50 seconds. So around 32 minutes for this whole album. One thing that I have to say about this album before we even start. Is this is a universal like instrumentally woven album. So Everything seems like a t continuous track throughout the whole album. There's no stoppage. There's no end track. It just keeps going. The end of 16th, or Dispatch to 16th Avenue ends up being My Side of Town. And then My Side of Town ends up on Dead on Arrival and then Hung Up on You. It has that transition of never stopping. It's its own song. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's one of the things I really enjoy about this album the most is it's really universal. And not just universal in the themes, but universal in unison of the whole thing being a continuous 30-minute song almost. Like a story. So, first song. Dispatch to 16th Avenue. This song I played so many times after I heard it. I mean, I would play it over and over for like a couple weeks. Dispatch to 16th Avenue is essentially saying that it's like someone got shot. Someone died. And they're dispatching like an ambulance, cops, or whatever. And this person that died is 
the individuals that are making music that don't fit into the music row, so the 16th Avenue, and the people that shot it was the record man or the people that are recording country music saying, hey, they don't have what it is to sell country music. This kind of reminds me of Aaron Watson's fence post. So he's talking about he'd rather be a fence post in Texas than the king of Tennessee. So essentially he's not willing to conform from being who he is in Texas, just how Muscadine Bloodlines, very rude in Alabama, than be the king or like top notch in country music, the king of Tennessee. So that's a really cool, my side of town comes on. I relate to this song a lot. This is about being around somebody that you dated and you had a falling out and you essentially see them all the time. Either you're at school or you work at the same job or essentially you see them around town all the time and talking about how you would rather see her or the significant other with the other partner not around all the time. So staying off his side of town, the singer... And that's really relatable, honestly. Anybody that's had a breakup in a small town, I hate that song by Sam Hunt, but anyways. Um, anybody that's actually had that it knows it's true. But this does a lot better job for me talking about it in that traditional style. Dead on Arrival, this is just a really upbeat of like slow, like the rest of the album. It's the one song that's really upbeat. Hung up on you, so this is essentially being hung up on somebody. Like, you really love somebody, and you guys are not with it anymore. You ain't hunky-dorian anymore, but honestly, you're hung up on them, and you want the best for them, even though that you're not there for them. It's a really good song, and uh, I always think of, like, hung up on you, like, as a phone. And it kind of sounds like, when he's singing the initial part, it kind of does sing out like he's hung up, like he's hung up metaphorically and physically I guess Southern this is a song I think Adam Hood wrote this song and Southern is an amazing song and Southern's really nice it's really smooth slow and it's just talking about that being Southern Alabama and it fits really well into Muscadine's catalog here of songs so the toll this is talking about how the toll of somebody is taking a lot on you like the loss the uh heartbreak is taking a toll on you and i always think of like toll booths and stuff which is not really a southern thing you don't see many tolls on southern roads it's a little interesting touch in regards to talking about like road trips and stuff i think of the toll and i mean they're always on the road so the toll has a little transitional background for them dying for a living this is essentially about being on the road and being against the world, right? This is a song about being on the road. Your significant others is not too happy. Others' parents are not too happy about what you're doing. I don't know. And then you have like a really cool line in regards to this is, yeah, singing these songs is like slinging a drug. Call it country band, contraband, can't get enough. So, it's really cool, because, I mean, honestly, country music is a drug for some people. It's a way for them to get away. So, I mean, you are essentially the drug dealer of uh, this person's addiction, which is his own addiction to country music. So, I don't know, it's a little interesting, deep subject there. Um, let's see here. No Pedal Steel. So, No Pedal Steel, talking about that no country music 
can get you to forget the significant other. And there's a lot of times where this is relatable to a lot of people because you listen to country music because you want to forget about where you're going through or you want to try to go through it systematically with a song and heal yourself through music, which is very possible. But in this instance, no pedal steel saying no steel guitar, no country songs going to be able to heal this void that has been caused by this person. And that's how they feel at the current moment. Whether that's the truth or not, we don't know. But in general, it's saying, hey, no, nothing can ever stop this feeling of this void. And that's really interesting subject, and I really like that. It's a really cool... Uh, Really cool subject to expand on because there's a lot of times where I'm I've been in that shoe and I've been listening to country music, try to figure out the deal with my emotions, and it's not helped that much. <laughs> Sometimes it makes it worse. I ain't gonna lie to you. And that's any music. So down in Alabama, so this is of course going back to the roots in Alabama. It's the last track, so it's kind of really cool that they ended up incorporating everything into being southern, heartbreak three pillars and then end up being in Alabama for that last pillar and they just talk about that being in Alabama the pine trees everything growing up there and that's one thing that you can tell with Muscadine Bloodline is they have not forgotten where they came from and yes they do toe that line of traditionalist to music row to not to putting out what they want to to what they not want to put out it's a hard line, and these independent artists, they can do whatever they want. Like, for instance, like you may think that the uh, EP that they put out about being like punk rockish, right? Punk country rock. You may not like that, but you know what? They don't freaking care what you like. They put that out themselves for them, and if other people enjoy it, that's what an independent artist is all about. And you can kind of view that as like, uh, Cody Jinx's rock band, his metal band that came out with. I was actually sitting at a concert, and there was a guy talking to us, me and Blake. We went to the uh, Cody Jinx concert in Charlotte. And there was a guy just talking to us, and we were just shooting the breeze with him, and he was talking about different artists and stuff. I'm like, have you ever heard of Cody's metal band? He said, Cody has a metal band? I'm like, yeah, and I pulled up Canned by Node, and uh, he's like listening to it. He was very skeptical. He thought I was lying. And then he's listening to it. He's like, dude, that is Cody's voice. And I'm like, I'm not lying to you. He's like, really? That's crazy. Cody can do that kind of stuff because he is independent. He makes his own rules. He does what he wants to. And that's what I respect about independent artists. Whether you like it or not, that's a different story. But you have to respect the audacity that they have, the... The ability for them to say, this is what I'm putting out, and screw whatever anybody else thinks, this is what I'm putting out, and if you like it, I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad you're there for me, but if not, I don't care. Now that's amazing, because if you told someone like that to a record label in Nashville, they'd laugh at you and say, go out the door. And <sighs> Muscadine, I can tell, they've had a, not necessarily the easiest row when it comes to records, and that's why they become independent because they decided that they're not going to deal with this bullcrap anymore that these record labels are saying hey I don't want you in my record label because you don't fit or you don't conform the new brand of country music you guys are too 
traditionalist, you're too old school, nobody likes them, no one likes them, them old school songs, they want to hear like party rock anthems. And, yeah, they may be right in regards to popularity, but there are still plenty of people out there that want to hear traditionalist country music, neo-traditional country music, and they do a really good job of it. Now, these older albums and the newer albums, there's, it's like they're kind of caught in the crosshairs of both. They're going back and forth. Like the Teenage Dixie, I feel like it's more of a like rocky type of country music, which is nothing wrong with that. But it's more, I don't know, to the sense of being not as old school as this one. This one is slow. It's got a lot of instrumental strumming. Steel guitar is in a couple of the songs. It's its own thing. And it fits really well. And that's the reason I chose this album. is not just because it fits well to the roots of country music. But on top of it all. The way that they made it sound universal through all the instrumentals. Is just mind numbing to me. Because there's nothing like putting... If you put this CD in your car, if you have a CD player in your car, if you're old school like me, some would say, like, well, I have, like, a track... Uh, not a record player. I have a vinyl player in my car. I just slide them... No. Nah. If you have, like, A-track tapes, right? A-track tapes. And you put them in your car or whatever. It's kind of like that. CDs are like the new tapes, which is weird to think about. But on top of that... You're sitting there and you think about it. You put this tape in there. You put the CD in there. It plays. And there's not one moment where there's a lot of silence. There might be just like a minute of silence. But it's not true silence. It's just like humming or whatever. Because there's no silence on this song track list. Because it's universal. It just keeps flowing. It's like if you're painting a picture. You don't stop painting till it's done. It's not like. You take a piece of canvas and you're painting on it. Keep stroking the paint on there. Splatter it, whatever. And then stop for a minute. Then look at it. Then paint. No, the way that they did it is they took the brush. They dipped it in their water and their paint. Their watercolor or whatever. And started stroking it across that canvas. Side to side. Splatter whatever. And they got their complete canvas art done without lifting that brush up once. And that's how I feel this album is constructed. And I honestly find it to be one of my favorite albums of all time. That is why today, when they offered their sale, because I haven't grabbed anything since I grabbed something from them, when they just had EPs out, I grabbed Dispatch the 16th Avenue shirt. I also grabbed the CD, because I hadn't had it yet. And that's one CD that I wanted, so... That's why I grabbed it. And uh, that will conclude the uh, album analysis here, guys. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. I really enjoyed talking about their essential Muscadine bloodline, I guess, of the album. How they're essentially rooted in their roots of country music. And they were able to weave their roots into this song. And it be universal, which is really cool to me. So I really appreciate you guys hanging out and analyzing, thinking, and hopefully you've been able to listen to this album. I hope you guys will take a minute to listen to it. It's only about 28 minutes of your life, but you'll really enjoy the tracks and how they're universal. And Muscadine Bloodline, honestly, 
is kind of one of those guilty pleasures where if it is more contemporary country music where they toe the line sometimes, I actually enjoy the way that they do it. So there's at least that soul in it for me. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, of course, check me out on the socials. Always link below. On top of that, always, if you want to send me an email, let me know how I'm doing. Please do. It really helps that one email that I got the other day really actually made my day. It was really cool to get because I may have been having a pretty bad day that day, which I was. <laughs> and seeing that email got me kind of excited. I ain't going to lie to you guys. So, uh, Got some really cool stuff coming up, hopefully here for too long. And I really appreciate every single minute that you guys spend with me and listening to me ramble about what I love so much is country music and how it impacts me and influences me. So, of course, also got the merch in. Really cool. I mean, that that's that. The merch is cool. I like it. It looks good. It feels good. Cool. Of course, check me out on all the uh, all the avenues of the podcast. Haha, <laughs> get it avenues. Um I crack myself up, guys. I'm pretty I'm pretty funny to myself at least. Um, thank you guys so much for doing what y'all do. Thank you for leaving me the ratings on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcast, everything, letting me know how I'm doing. Make sure if you're not, this is one thing that I will say. If I do send you the links all the time to the uh, Central Podcast, make sure you follow the podcast and set it up to download because the downloads is actually what tracks for me. It's not who follows it. So just make sure that you're aware of that. That's really cool to me though that a lot of people sit there and they download every single podcast on their device for me and you guys are just absolute G's and I appreciate every, everyone being there for me and through this interesting journey of the podcast. So I appreciate all of you. You have a wonderful night. You have a wonderful day. You have a wonderful evening, afternoon, and I will see you guys in the future. And of course, keep the country music alive, my dudes, my, my gals, and the homies. Adios.